We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast what's going on packers fans and packer nation welcome into another saturday edition of the pack a day podcast i am matt fralick alongside me as always eli berkovich janelle Mackey. we have the pleasure of breaking down the injury report and you guys i don't know if you heard there was a new installment to the Aaron Rodgers book club. It's actually a novel, and it is the injury report for week three, Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the Green Bay Packers. It is lengthy. It yeah. started out lengthy to begin this week on Monday or Tuesday, and it has continued to grow, uh, especially from the Buccaneers side. So in contrast to the last couple of weeks, a lot more to get to, so we got to dive in right away. Uh, Janelle, Eli, I hope you're well. Enough of the pleasantries, though. Let's get into this right <laughs> off the bat. We're going to start... Let's start on the Buccaneer side because I think there's a ton to get to there first. A lot is, I would say, similar on the Packers side. A position group as the receivers is kind of decimated. But first and foremost, let's go through what is going on with the Bucs. So right now, Bucks struggling out of the gates for the first two weeks, right? Averaging just under 20 points. They are now going to be out with, you know, not on the injury report, as Janelle and I would like to see on there, Janelle, is uh, Mike Evans. He's out. He's suspended for his antics and the saga that is him and Marshawn Lattimore. Justifiably so. They tried to, you know, go up against it. John Runyon uh, Jr., his dad said, nope, you can't do that. So there's been some controversy there. Um, Mm -hmm. So he's gone. You go through the rest of the receiving core. Chris Godwin, Eli and I don't like fantasy team-wise. No one else cares. He's out. Rashard Perriman, who contributed last week for them, is questionable. Julio Jones, who was a DNP uh, throughout most of the week, is also questionable. Scotty Miller, full participant with the calf the last two days. So it looks like Scotty Tuhati is going to be the guy that's basically their number one receiver at this point going into week three versus the Packers. We run down the rest of the offense for the Buccaneers. Leonard Fournette. Has a questionable hamstring injury. I mean, I feel like that's a common place for Leonard Fournette ever since he had that knee injury back in LSU. Uh, Russell Gage was also questionable, still on that receiver list, even though he's considered a wide receiver. Widely considered that he might not be even active for this game. Janelle, thanks for the laugh. Um, other positions to look through. Uh, the backup uh, center who's been playing is Robert Holmesley. It looks like he's a full participant towards the end of the week. Um Tight end, Cade Otten, not a big situation. Looks like he's doubtful. Don't really know what you're going to get out of him. The one that I do want to point out, in addition, um, as we wrap up on the offensive side of the ball, and I'll get your guys' takes on this, 
is uh, Donovan Smith, elbow, DNP, two out of the three days. He It's kind of concerning when you see a guy did not practice on a Wednesday, limited participation on a Thursday, and then it did not practice on a Friday and is considered doubtful. Probably doesn't feel all too well for that elbow for, for uh, Donovan Smith on the left side. Whole shit. I mean, and even Tom Brady, once in a while, lists on the injury report, has a right finger issue. Kind of strange. Full participant on Friday. Always interesting to see when he makes the injury list. Um similar to his days back in the Patriots. But I digress off that. Eli, how, if at all, if the Bucs win this game, how the hell are they going to do it? Is it going to come from the offense side of the ball? Do you expect some special team stuff, some defensive stuff? But right now the offense looks in absolute shambles, even as they've had some other guys throughout this year. Uh, Ryan Jensen, another one that had some injuries uh, before the season started. He's out. So, where do you look for some contributions, I guess we'll say, from the offensive side of the ball for the Bucks to even move the football down the field? Well, first things first, Tom Brady, we've seen him do it for 20-plus years. He's taken many teams with, you know, look, he's, he's had his Randy Mosses, but he's also had seasons where he's had guys that were not necessarily up to par with the rest of the league, and he's still made deep playoff runs and won Super Bowls, so... That's obviously the first concern, but even beyond that, I think the first thing the Packers need to the thing the Packers need to focus on most is Leonard Fournette. I know right now he's questionable with a hamstring, but I am expecting him to play. Uh, he's played both games this season. Uh, he's had this hamstring, but it doesn't seem to be too serious. So assuming he plays, we all saw what David Montgomery did on Sunday night. He had his way against this rushing defense and. The Packers can't do that. You got Kenny Clark in the middle. You got Dean Lowry. You got Jaron Reed. You drafted Devontae Wyatt. And then behind them, you got all-pro Devondre Campbell and then first-round pick Quay Walker. You can't be weak against the run of all places on this team. And that's when, even when you're talking about Jair, Razul, and, and Eric Stokes and Amos and Savage, great secondary but that middle of the defense, that run defense, should be either as strong or even stronger than the secondary. So Leonard Fournette, assuming he plays, that's how I think the Bucs try to get the ball down the field. A lot of rushing attempts and classic Brady, a bunch of dump-offs to Fournette. It wouldn't surprise me if Fournette gets eight-plus targets in this game. And that's really the only way I see the Bucs being able to consistently move the ball down the field. Yes, if you know, okay, Scotty Miller, Perriman, Gage, all of them are kind of speedsters. We'll see who ends up playing, but assuming at least two of the three play, maybe one of them breaks free on a deep route, so you're going to want to have Savage or Amos playing deep over the top. Just don't let Brady beat you deep at any point. But like you said, this offense is in shambles, and there's no reason why the Packers can't limit them tremendously, and it would really just take a lot of either bad coaching or terrible execution to allow this Bucks offense to put up a lot of points this week. Well said. I mean, and you talk about Leonard Fournette, I think that's a, a huge thing because he's constantly, I feel like, battling some sort of leg injury, but been able to really with you know sustain some uh, great statistics since he's been on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers coming off a 100-yard game last week. Uh, 45 rushes on the year already getting him going. But also uh, one thing that I think it's important to look at, like you mentioned, um, Eli, targeting him. He was a huge receiver last year for them. 
only four receptions on the year. Is this the game where he busts out and finally gets that seven, eight, nine targets like we saw him frequently do last year? And to your point about the running game, like bad offensive line right now by the Bucs because decimated by injuries, bad offensive line by the Bears because they haven't had a good offensive line in a while. Middle of the road, if not high end, uh, running back between Fournette and Devin Montgomery. Will that be a recipe for success for the Buccaneers to you know control the clock a little bit and not have to throw the ball around? I don't know if it's going to be possible to get after Brady because generally he's just so quick at getting the ball out that it doesn't really matter who's there for um, his offensive line. But I think that's interesting to see what the pass rush can do along with that um, stopping the run. Janelle. Your thoughts on the offense, and do you kind of have any other – I mean, who who's going to be the number one target, I guess, outside of the Leonard Fournette, Janelle? Do you have any guess of who that could be for the Buccaneers at this point, decimated with all these receivers out? Um, no Rob Gronkowski, obviously. No OJ, OJ Howard, because he's down in Houston. Any clue who could possibly be a focal point for this offense um, by Tom Brady? Yeah, I mean, it's tough, especially because all the receivers that are listed, those aren't exactly – easy injuries to kind of overcome, you know, a lot of hamstring injuries and you kind of never know, even if a guy is playing, is he going to re-aggravate something early on? Will he be able to play through it? Um, Obviously Russell Gage, he has been limited all week. And then today on Friday, he did not practice. So it's like, is that more of a rest day for his hamstring? Are they anticipating he plays? Um, Obviously we know Godwin is out. Julio, he's questionable, so maybe they're hoping that, you know, with that knee injury, he's able to come back, but he only had limited practice today on Friday as we're recording this, so it's really, really tough to say. I know kind of talking about Fournette being a big target, kind of the way that the Packers use someone like Aaron Jones, um, this could be a game that they maybe try and weaponize him a little bit more, but again, he's also got a hamstring injury, but like you have been mentioning, you know, he, he knows how to overcome those injuries and be successful. And obviously he's kind of a big focal point with all the receivers being banged up. Um, Kind of somebody who the Packers are definitely going to need to shut down, especially because Montgomery with the bears kind of, you know, did a little bit too much running. So you want to be able to shut him down early if he does get involved in that passing game, as well as the run game. Um, I think it's kind of just, I don't think there's going to be like a, a clear target with this game. I think, you know, on both sides of the ball, I think it's going to be, kind of whoever's open is going to see it and we have no idea who that's going to be there's not a clear wide receiver one coming in and even if they are everybody's banged up and I mean it's the same on both sides right now with the Packers too it's just you know it's a giant what the heck is going to happen in this game question mark Mm -hmm. because literally the entire like basically their entire starting offense is hurt and it also doesn't help that they're starting left tackle is also banged up with an elbow and that could also maybe cause the Packers to get a little bit more pressure on Brady. So you don't know what that's going to do with their scheming and how they're going to try and get the ball out quicker because I mean, you just kind of think of, you know, your elbow in a pass rush situation, got to be able to stop the guy. So you just kind of wonder what's going to go on with him. If, I mean, he's doubtful, but that also means next man up. And then is like, who are they sliding over? Who are they bringing in? Obviously it's not their starter. So there could be a weak link over there. Um, there's just, you know, like you said, it's a novel with this Buccaneers uh-huh. team, but like Eli had mentioned, it's still Tom Brady's team. And no matter like their entire team could be listed on the report and you can't count them out. They could still find a way to win. And that's also what's super frustrating about Tom Brady teams is, somehow they managed to 
overcome things. And for all we know, a lot of these guys who are listed as questionable could end up playing. Um, and that would be a completely different story, especially, you know, we also look at the defensive side, Akeem Hicks, who is not mm-hmm. like, that's a huge loss for them and a huge game for us because obviously playing the bears all those years, um, we're familiar with what Hicks does. So that's definitely kind of a, a beneficial thing to us. And obviously, um, having some receivers out like Godwin and Evans works to our, our benefit, but you cannot still go in there and take this lightly, especially, you know, even disregarding the Packers injuries, you cannot look at this list and think this is an easy win with all these guys hurt because no. there's still possibilities that some of these guys come back and it's still, it's still Tom Brady and it's still Florida. So you just never really know what's going to happen. So I think it's definitely going to be a lot of spreading the ball out for the Buccaneers. And it's going to be just a lot of like, you know, we, we don't really know what to expect going into it. It's going to be, I think they're going to spread it around. Um, I mean, maybe if somebody is just balling out and maybe we're struggling to cover one guy, maybe that'll be somebody who becomes kind of more of a target. But yeah, I mean, I just look at this and it's kind of like, wow you know yeah. no it's for it's Fournette still remains kind of the biggest you gotta stop him in this game so yeah i totally agree like if Fournette can possibly withstand that hamstring and maybe they can get some contributions from um white the rookie rashad white maybe Keyshawn vaughn can contribute but i i imagine it's gonna be kind of a ball control um situation for them and you mentioned uh, also, Akeem Hicks, very familiar with him in his Bears days. Uh, he's out. I thought that was like the first one that I think we found out on Sunday or Monday, just being like, okay, Hicks is going to be out. That's interesting. Um, not as many on the defensive side of the ball for the Bucks, but Carlton Davis, limited and full participant, then come Thursday and Friday. See how that flares up for him. Also, Levante David, truly didn't practice at all week. Um, veteran rest, maybe that's part of it, but... Three enormous names for the Buccaneers. Now, one thing I do want to point out, it's it comes two-sided. One, the Buccaneers have only let up 13 points all year. However, first game against Dallas, Dak Prescott goes out. This last game in New Orleans, apparently Jameis Winston played with four fractures in his back. So take that as you will. But still, 13 points is 13 points up against, on the road, against two offenses that are pretty damn good between Dallas and New Orleans. So interesting to see if that defense can continue to elevate their game and be able to rely on this team to basically get them wins because that's what we know Todd Bowles does the best. He is a defensive coach. That's why I imagine they're going to probably run the ball a little bit more just because why would we throw it around to Scotty Miller, to some absolute knuckleheads that normally wouldn't get any reps because they're not called upon. Especially when the Packers' whole defensive back is healthy right now. 100%. Absolutely. Yeah, you got – guys coming in second string receivers playing against who is supposed to be one of the best defenses in the league. Yeah. It won't surprise me if they try and keep things a little bit shorter. I agree. Uh, so now we get to the the fun part of the episode uh, or I guess a little bit more, uh, not fun, uh, sarcastically fun that uh, the Green Bay Packers injury report and a couple things that just continue to stand out and we'll get to them right away is David Bakhtiari questionable did participate in practice the last two days back-to-back. I think that's huge. Elton Jenkins, 
seems like he'll go had some limited participation on Wednesday and Thursday, full participant on Friday. That just seems like, Hey, you're coming off of a game. You played well. Let's continue to make sure we're not having any setbacks. So that's, that's it for the offensive line. Um, And then, you know, on the defensive side of the ball, Kenny Clark, limited participant. He should probably go still battling the groin, still something we're going to have to be conscious of. But now we go back to the offensive side of the ball. All the pass catchers, basically the same situation that Tom Brady and the Buccaneers are going through. All the pass catchers, the top-end pass catchers for the Packers are essentially tweaked. Randall Cobb, illness, didn't participate all week. That's interesting to me. Um, is that a flare-up with COVID? Is that something where we see kind of take over a team again? I feel like this is the first time maybe that's an illness has been brought into the Packers organization. I don't want to speculate too much. Hopefully he can go. Alan Lazard dealing with his ankle once again. Probably again, same with Elton Jenkins. You played last week. Let's see if you can contribute again in week three for us. Let's not push you too far. Uh, Sammy Watkins, a.k.a. Hammy Watkins, dealing with a hamstring injury. He was a DNP on Thursday and Friday, along with his counterpart, Christian Watson, also dealing with a hamstring, also was a DNP on Thursday and Friday. And I forgot to mention, Sammy Watkins is officially out for this game on uh, Sunday afternoon after having a solid game, led the team in receptions, yards on Sunday night. That was cool to see him get involved. Mercedes Lewis, also, you know, veteran, dealing with the groin. You never know what to expect when he's listed because it's usually veteran rest. And if it's not, it's like, hey, he's dealing with some sort of injury, but was not a full participant at all this week. So, you guys, we have uh, an offensive lineman that we still are unsure with David Bakhtiari. Elton Jenkins more than likely will play. I don't really put much weight into the Kenny Clark thing. It seems like he is going to be a positive force in that middle, regardless if he's battling injury or not. It depends how much he can go. But then all the pass catchers, similar, like I said, with the Bucks, you got Cobb, Lazard, Watkins, Watson, and then Lewis. Watkins officially out. I am just – it's it's crazy because I feel like there's a ton of depth with this receiving core. Not a lot of high-profile guys is what we've come to find out. Eli, Eli, I'll start with you, man. Like, where do you where do you expect the Packers to be with their offensive weapons come Sunday? Should we expect Cobb not to play? Lazard should be able to play like he did last week. Is Watson going to be able to step up, or do you not see him playing? Like, where do you kind of do you have any guess of what the offensive strategy should look like for them, or should it be something similar to we saw Sunday night, thirty three carries by the uh, the Thunder and Lightning back there? Well, yeah. First off whether it's 33, 35, 30, whatever it is, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon should combine for 30-plus carries in just about every single game. And as you mentioned, this will probably be more of a ball control game as it is with all the injuries at receiver. So keeping the ball on the ground, keeping the ball away from Tom Brady, I think that's a great strategy to go with. But at receiver – Okay, so we have Sammy Watkins out. That obviously is unfortunate, especially after that big catch last week. Wanted to build on the confidence there. But Alan Lazard said that he's good to go, so we expect him to play. Uh, And then Randall Cobb, this illness, I feel like if it was COVID, they would have to have, like, said something about COVID. So I'm just hoping he's just a little bit under the weather and will be able to play Sunday. That's kind of where my head's at, so I think he will be there. And then Watson, it wouldn't surprise me if he doesn't play. It's early in the season. They just want to be careful with their second-round pick. So I think it would. It, we know Watkins is out. It wouldn't surprise me if Watson misses the game. But I do think that Cobb will play. And Lazard himself said that he 
should be good to go. So with that being said, Aaron Rodgers should have Lazard Cobb, Robert Tunyon. Those are three guys we know he trusts. Romeo Dobbs, I expect to be very involved this week in the offense. And that's that's really the main guy for me who I think can be a massive X factor in this game. Whether regardless of who's playing, I think Dobbs finds himself on the field for 70 to 80 percent of the snaps and can really show off what he has and if the Packers have something legit in Romeo Dubs. So I'm really excited about him for this week. And when you also mentioned Mercedes Lewis, uh, you know, I, ex- I expect he'll play, you know, he kind of rests. And then at this point, look, he's 17 years in. He can go a week without practice, come in and play and be just fine. And then, of course, the biggest question mark on this team is David Bakhtiari. I'm sorry for hearing any weird drilling sounds right now. But uh, David Bakhtiari, like you said, Matt, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and try to predict uh, if he's going to play or not. I'm just hoping he will. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. No, that's reasonable. Like, honestly, uh, the thing I want to take away from what you said is, A, you're, Eli, you're predicting, like, who these weapons should be. Tunyon, I think, gets way more involved this week than he did last week. Lazard, I'm pretty confident. I'm not sure how much I believe that Cobb's going to be a key factor in, so I'll split the difference with you there. But I'm totally buying that this is an opportunity for a young receiver in Romeo Dobbs who showed us through three games in the preseason that he can ball out. And now your counterpart in the rookie draft class is Christian Watson. I would say he's probably not going to play, like you said, based off of just being a little bit safer with your first-round pick. I think this is a huge games game for Dobbs to be able to step up. He's not going to be relied on as the number one. I think, assuming uh, things go according, Lazard will probably be slotted as the number one in this game. It doesn't really matter who's you know which number you want to put on them. Janelle, where are you? Where are your expectations for this receiving crew? Do you expect it's going to be led by Alan Lazard? Do you see a potential like Eli and I do with Romeo Dobbs, or is it too soon for like 
dude, he hasn't been targeted all that much, and we're going to rely on him to be like have like a breakout game. Is that too optimistic for us based off of where the Bucks are and how you know tough that defense is led by Todd Bowles? Um, I don't think it's, you know, too crazy to think that this could be a big moment for him to kind of break out and stuff. Um, I do also think that, you know, based on what's going to be happening, Juwan Winfrey probably gets pulled up and he's obviously somebody who Rogers trusts and has spoken highly of, and he's shown flashes in the moments that he's gotten to come in and, um, take some snaps. So I think that that'll also play a factor. I'm, my guess would be that they pull him up with Watkins being, or yeah, Watkins being out and all these guys being banged up. And um, so, you know, maybe Winfrey comes in and kind of helps out, maybe splits some of those with Dobbs. And um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of anybody's chance who's out there to kind of steal the show. And like you'd been mentioning, like Lazard, yeah, he kind of off and on this week with that ankle, assume that he still goes in and takes some reps. And I mean, we don't know Randall Cobb. He, he hasn't practiced all week with an illness. So it's like, we don't know the severity. Like, is it just, you know, he, he's a veteran, he knows everything. Like he can take the time off to just rest or is it something that's actually kind of keeping him down and making it hard for him to practice? Um, Watson obviously spent a lot of time injured in the off season and going into the season. So um, yeah, I think that Juwan Winfrey could kind of be like a silent assassin getting pulled up and, helping this team out um, with all the injuries and stuff. So I, I think people should, you know, not forget about him down there. And I think they also, they signed somebody else to the practice squad. They brought, but... Yeah. They brought back Tyler Fum- Fumagalli. They actually brought him back with like, I think on Tuesday after he had been uh, let go from the team. So again, practice squad guys that I think it contribute. So yeah, yeah. it could be, it could be a time for them. And obviously it helps, you know, Tunyon, is back, but he's also really not getting a lot of targets, um, which, you know, it makes sense. You know, he, he's kind of stepping back in. Um, I think that Mercedes, I think he kind of, for me is a big X factor, not in the receiving game, just in, in the fact that he is kind of like the, the sixth offensive lineman. And when you're facing a pass rush as good as the front seven of the Buccaneers, he plays a crucial role in that. And obviously with a little bit of a banged up line, you know, Elton, he came in last week, kind of knocking some rust off, didn't play, didn't play bad, but he also, you know, isn't up to the normal Elton Jenkins standards. And we don't really know again with David Bakhtiari. So Mercedes Lewis plays a big part in that. And if you lose him, because a groin injury, you never really know. Um, with a guy like that, he kind of was off and on all week, maybe pre- like practicing a little bit, but also taking days off. So um, I think that that's also something that is kind of could be an underlying loss if he were to not play kind of the same thing that we talked about with Lazard with, you know, it's not even just the receiving, it's the blocking. So there's factors in here that, you know, not even just in the receiving game, but if guys can't go, it takes away a huge part in the offense, just in their blocking alone. So I think that Mercedes Lewis, if for some reason he like, you know, is unable to go, which I, I remember reading a stat somewhere, like he's hardly missed any time. So I'm expecting him to be out there, but you know, a groin injury could maybe hinder a little bit of his ability to kind of help with that pass rush. So that's definitely something I'm going to be going to be watching for, but per usual, I assume that like with or without all the injured receivers, it should still be the Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon show. I mean, Aaron Jones coming off of a massive week uh, after that Bears game. And I think you ju- you just keep, you know, roll with it, ride the high with him, 
and he's good on the ground in the air. Um, he could be somebody who with this banged up receiving core gets involved in the pass catching. We know that he can do it. So he's just, he's an awesome weapon to have in, especially in situations like this. So I think, you know, again, they should be kind of taking the load of the offense and, um, it'll be interesting then to see who kind of steps up in that receiver room real quick before we kind of wrap this up here. And I know this isn't our place to be giving predictions. We leave that for everyone else because we do the injury report. Um, I personally have the pack. Well, I had the Packers losing as of Monday um, before all those receivers were uh, out for the Bucks. I still have them losing. Where do you guys have the Packers in this game? Um, Eli, I'll start with you. When W or uh, L for the Packers? Assuming, I mean, with all these guys that are banged up for both teams. Yeah, I'm going to stick with my uh, prediction from Open Book this week with a 23-21 win for the Packers off a Mason Crosby last-second field goal. I don't think that was your score. That was mine, but... (laughs) No, I said 23-21. You definitely did not. Check the receipts. Check the tape. I know know for a fact that I... Said twenty three twenty one. No, no. I there's no other score. I know no. You're no twenty three twenty one is what I said. Done. I'm I'm gonna make sure that I go back and I will get the receipts because I know that you are wrong. One hundred percent. I'm a hundred percent right. So you so twenty three twenty one. Eli and Janelle apparently have the same score and prediction. Apparently, snipe my. My no. answer here. Jen's trying to steal my answer, which is just rude. I, Eli, I cannot wait because, especially because this is going to come out Saturday, so I'm going to find the proof before this is even released. Um, guys, Matt, I'm, obviously, guys, side- I'm guys, I'm literally going to go to the YouTube, find where you do predictions, screen record it, and just tweet it out just to see. What- yeah, I'm. I'm gonna. I, I'm not even worried. I'm not even going to look because I know I'm right. I'm like Eli's worried. not going to look because he knows he's wrong, and. Mm-hmm. I knew, I know that I had, because I said the Packers are going to squeak out a win, like a yeah. cheesy, like a squeaky cheese curd mm-hmm. with a two-point win. So, yeah. And I also said they're going to squeeze one out, squeak one out. Oh, We're, like, a cheese, yeah. like a cheese curd, Eli? Yeah, they're going to squeeze one out like a cheese curd. And uh, Mason Crosby's going to hit a game-winning field goal 23-21. I'm sorry. You, you, right, said, you did say Mason Crosby will win the – you know, with the game-winning field goal, but your score was not 23-21. I, oh, I know be. that for a fact, and I'm going to embarrass you in front of everybody. Oh, and... I can't wait for you to be so embarrassed. <laughs> but, no, so, yeah, I originally when we did schedule predictions and everything, I did have the Packers losing this game. Um, but I think as the week went on, I saw the injuries, I altered it, and then I had us, you know, squeaking out a win, like I just said. But then all of a sudden, all these Packers are showing up on the injury report. And it's like, well, geez, I could keep going back and forth with who who I think is going to win this game. But I already made my prediction. Um, was it Wednesday? So I feel like I can't go back on it. Uh, I still got to just trust, you know, in A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones and Aaron Rodgers. We must trust with this offense, you know, whatever's going to happen. I need Aaron Rodgers needs to go out there and break his Florida streak. You know, Kay Adams came out with some, you know, actually some wild statistics today. I think it's um, on her show. I already forgot the name of her new show, but she kind of came out and posted something, just his numbers in Florida. And obviously she, she loves Aaron Rodgers. So for her to come out with that, maybe it's kind of, you know, put a chip on his shoulder, get him to go out there and, you know, finally get over the Florida hump because 
I'm sick of it. And if it's something that needs to be done in playoffs again, got to figure out how to win in Florida. And if you can do it with a banged up team, you can do it down the road. So yeah, I think it's, it's a must win, but if they lose and it's still, if it's not an ugly loss, I'll still be okay. I think. Fair enough. Up and Adam is her new show. Uh, Thank you. I was like, yeah. there's some play on her name and I can't think of it. Couldn't find it quick enough, so <laughs> it's good. It's good. Um, I like the prediction. I like that you're sticking with it. I'm also sticking with mine. Um, but now that it's kind of a little bit more even, where the injuries have fallen for the receiving core on both sides, probably should tweak it. But we'll ride or die with our predictions. Uh, and I look forward to the uh, engagement we get off of uh, whether Eli was correct or Janelle was, was wrong correct. or or vice versa. Part of me, Eli does fall with Janelle because we've come to find out that you, uh, you know, you're, you're with the numbers, the calendar, the dates and whatnot, have you openly admitted sometimes inaccurate, but you never said game predictions were uh, of a yeah. fault of yours. So we'll go back. knows that I have a great memory. So we'll go, we'll go to the tape. We'll go to the tape like always. And I will in the future uh, be very conscious of when we're giving score predictions and predictions, whether or not that'll be a polarizing aspect of the show. And maybe I'll start the show with that and we can riff on that for 30 yeah. minutes other than the injury report for it's most of the time. It's going to be super polarizing. I can't wait. I'm excited. Eli, speaking of polarizing, where can people get in contact with you, your content, everything you put out, and what do you have going on related to the Packers and any content you have, my dude? Yeah, so starting off, you can always find my content on Twitter at bookofeli underscore NFL. Of course, here on Packaday Podcast with your you and Jen every Saturday. And open book every Wednesday night at eight. Jen, boom, first try, got it. Didn't even have to ask you when our show was. Very impressive. Um, but check that out. Me, Jen, Zach Jacobson, always a good time. I always predict Mason Crosby to win the game 23-21. Jen constantly doesn't. I do just want to say that in this time I have found the proof you said 2423. Oh. Ah. I hear so. that. okay. I, I did quickly while you were, you know, you guys were promoting yourselves. I was like, I'm not going to sit on this. Oh, I got to let the people know I was right. You said 24, 23 Mason Crosby game winner. So yeah, you know why? You know why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because they had 21. Then they yeah, the field exactly. Goal. That's exactly. that was what you, if you done, in my head. I'm like, okay, they're down 23, 21. They hit the game winning field goal, 24, 23. But Jen, if you think about it, I was right as long as you know. No, because if you're gonna say if you're gonna say 21-23, then that's a loss. No, but you're okay, adding the Mason Crosby field goal. No, then, Eli, there is no trying to get yourself out of this. You I'm were not wrong. Trying to, I'm right. not trying nice to get out of it. I'm just saying that I should be off the hook and don't blame me for it. No, that's I'm not gonna let you off the hook for trying to tell me that I was wrong when I knew that I wasn't. So. I didn't say you were wrong. I said you were inaccurate and off base. It's very different. That's just a nicer <laughs> way of saying you're wrong. Uh, Janelle, Janelle, where do you where do you where do you connect with Eli on everything social, and uh, how do you keep him in line with all uh, the content you guys put out? And where can people get in contact with you for all your uh, your fabulous content? Yeah, the usual at Big Mac underscore four on Twitter. Um, every Wednesday at eight PM Central over on Game on Wisconsin, we have Open Book where I will prove Eli wrong about many numbers because he doesn't keep track of those. You know, he can he can have his historic brain with football but i will keep track of the numbers when we say them yeah. um, obviously saturday is here with you guys on pack a day and then i do also um help out with packer report tv to do game previews and maybe reviews depending on the week you might see me on either so yeah a lot of good stuff 
back in the swing of things. Like I've told people, I'm forewarning you, hockey does start just around the corner. So Mm -hmm. as of right now, it's just Packers content, but be ready for the happy mix coming up here. (laughs) The mix of Janelle Mackey hockey content that floods my time on once in a while. I respect it. I appreciate it. It's truly the only way I actually get some insight. And previously it was you and Dan when we'd be doing the show. Oh, yeah. that... Dan and I would get like 10 yep. minutes to break down hockey. And I can't believe Dan and I don't get to do a show. And we didn't get to reminisce about Zidane Chara and retiring because he's a Boston fan. So. I'm a Subban fan. And Achara. Zidane Chara was drafted before I was even alive. Well, he well, played his first game when I was a year and two months old. Like, I don't insane. know NHL hockey without Zidane Chara, And I don't have Dan here he's... to help me soak in that. He's a super large person who just destroys He's the tallest people. person to win the well. cup. So when, when Zdeno Chara won the Stanley Cup, it's like the highest anybody has ever lifted it because he's like 6'9". Uh, Guinness Book of World Record. Um, yeah, exactly. for, my, for myself, you can get in contact with me on Twitter <clears throat> at Matt underscore Frey underscore. That's at M-A-T-T underscore F-R-A underscore. I also put out some content with Game on Wisconsin. 8 p.m. Central Time, final dump, Monday evenings, me and my boy Brendan Torzinski. We break down everything from the weekend. We also look at some headlines after the week and going into the final uh, week of, excuse me, not in the final week, the next game. And also stay for the end of the episode. We do significant to some, give you the betting lines for the Packers and what we expect based off of trends um, through the bets throughout the week because those lines will change. So get on the action right away. Uh, but everyone, a part of Game on Wisconsin, please follow everyone there. And of course, with Packaday Podcast, I've been looking forward to plugging this uh, at the end of the show throughout the whole week. Make sure you're following us now on Instagram, on TikTok. The boy Andy Herman has been pushing out stuff there. As we wrap up this episode shortly on Friday night, you won't be able to watch it now. You could watch it, uh, not live, but you could watch it after the fact when you listen to this episode on Saturday. He's got the happy hour going on. Janelle was there last week. I mean, you, just so much content from the pod father that's being pushed out. Make sure you guys are following us everywhere, whether it's, like I said, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. And if you aren't already subscribed where you get these podcasts or have checked out the YouTube side of things where Andy's pushing out content, make sure you're subscribed there. Leave some comments. Leave some likes. It helps the engagement in the algorithm, as we all know. A um, lot of good things. And we're almost up to 10,000 followers, if you guys haven't noticed on Twitter. Pretty significant. So for Janelle Mackey, Eli Berkovitz, I am Matt Fralick. You guys, I was excited to see you guys feud tonight. That was really enjoyable. And uh, Eli, again, we'll get you right one day. I think <laughs> I think the tally marks will fall into your favor at one point. It's just a trend. We're swinging the yeah. pendulum in one direction. But one thing we can always agree on, guys, is that we love the Packers and we have the best slogan in the world being Go, go Pack Go. go. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. 
all backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.